0: Secrets to Real Estate Investing, Episode 2.
1: Welcome to the Secrets to Real Estate Investing podcast by House Flipmasters, where you will learn powerful strategies from top experts in real estate investing, and you will find valuable information to take your investments to the next level. Now, here's your host and expert real estate investor, Holly McCann.
0: Hey, we are so excited to have the opportunity to hear from the one, the only, Mark Kohler, my favorite CPA presenter. I have to say, when I went to a real estate club a few years ago and saw him presenting from the front of the room, I was blown away because never have I seen a CPA be so engaging, entertaining, and comedic at times. As a former CPA myself, Having mingled with many CPAs, I was just so impressed that not only was his content incredible, but his delivery was too. So welcome, Mark Kohler, to our show.
1: Well, Holly, thank you for that wonderful introduction, and uh, happy April 18th. I know many of you will catch this probably on recording, but uh, it is tax day, so some of you may already be filing your extensions or running to the post office, but uh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you for making time on this busy day. And that says a lot about you and your systems if you have time on a busy day to be able to talk to us and not be sitting behind a desk worrying about too many problems. So good for you.
1: I'm trying. I'm trying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, um, since we have an audience of people that are learning about investing in real estate, we'll ask a few different questions related to that. But why don't we start out with um, some of your favorite tax strategies or tax saving sti- tips for people who are investing in real estate as both landlords, people that do the buy and hold strategy, as well as flippers. And are they the same strategies or different? So there you go. Wow.
1: Well, that is a big question. Um, I was working on a new ebook over the weekend uh, titled My Top 10 Tax Strategies. If you get to my website in the next few weeks, you'll see that as a, as an option to uh, download Uh, and I was actually on an airplane struggling going, how am I going to get it to 10? Um, and I was trying to seriously, I was like combining this one with that one. And it just was clunky. And it's because I have so many strategies, Holly, really, there's so many little things that CPAs should be doing with their clients and talking about, and they just, they just don't do it. Um, so anyway, I was trying to whittle it from about 18 or 19 down to 10. And, uh, so when you say, Mark, what's your favorite? I'm like, okay, where do I start? i got, you know, three hours. Um, so, um, that's, uh, that's hard. I, um, the one, um, thought on that though, let me just share this. One of my books titled what your CPA isn't telling you. I got an email this morning from someone, um, who said, Mark, we're desperate. Please get You know, call us. Cause in my book, I tell a story of a family that meets with a CPA and it's just a disaster and they get their normal crap set up you know, an IRA. And yeah, maybe you can do this little thing or that little thing. And it was just lackluster. They didn't even mention rental real estate in their consultate. So she said, anyway, I read your book, Mark. And then we went to go meet with a CPA. And she goes, I was thinking of your book the whole time is this guy was just blah, blah, blah. And didn't even mention investing, didn't even mention real estate. And we walked out the door and said, what a waste of time. And then she emailed me and said, Mark, we've got to get together. And so, um, So anyway, maybe that's my first tip is that if some of you are listening to this webinar and are thinking, hold it. Well, why are we talking about this on Holly's webinar? I should, shouldn't I be talking about this with my CPA? Shouldn't I be investing in real estate? And what are the tax strategies of a fix and flip strategy or buy and hold? Guys, no offense. This is good that Holly's introducing me to you, but... If you're hearing about this for the first time with me, you've got a problem with your advisor. And so one of the first things you can do as a good real estate investor is, and we'll hit a few tips here, of course, but you've got to be talking to your accountant and going, what about this, 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 and this? And if they're not throwing down ideas, you got the wrong bozo. Get out of there. You're the captain of your own ship. and You got to move on. Uh, It's time to cut bait.
0: Awesome. I love it. And I will say that was a great book. I listened to it on audio. When I was in a dentist chair once, it was so funny. And he was asking me about it, but you know, I was a couple hours in the chair and all my fillings are placed. So I'll remember that when I heard it. But it was great because you teach the consumer, the taxpayer, a better way to deal with the CPA, and that there's not just one answer from one CPA. There's so much more beyond that. So I highly recommend everybody. We'll have a link in our show notes um, of how they can find that book, What Your CPA Isn't Telling You, because it's really great.
1: I've got to just laugh, Holly. I can't believe it. How many people are, of course, are miserable listening to a tax book, but then you compound (laughs) it by doing it in a dental chair. You must really be sadomasochistic. You're just like, I just got (laughs) to... Beat myself down, you know. If you can come out of the dentist after listening to a textbook on audiobook while at the dentist to be happy, that's, a, that's unbelievable. unbelievable. It
0: was a great story. I love that you tell it in a story rather than just a list of things. Oh, that's good. That's well, good. Well, one of my um, questions I get asked a lot is from new investors, when do I need to get an entity? Can I buy houses in my own name? Can I buy a rental in my own name? Can I buy a flip in my own name? And when do I need to get a company? So what would you say to that question? Oh,
1: you bet. And and that's, let's jump into some of these tips um, right now. And the first tip, and it leads right into your question, but let me even step back and say this, is that if you're listening to Holly, I want to commend you. You're doing your homework. You're studying. That's fantastic. And what Holly's talking about, and I won't take credit for it, but it's, it's the purpose that, you know, building wealth is about um, and taking that hard-earned money that you earn at your day job or with your small business and then deploying it properly. And buying rental real estate is a phenomenal way to save taxes build tax-free cash flow, build long-term wealth, build a better retirement. And I'm not saying take everything out of the stock market. I'm not saying quit your day job. I'm just saying buy a little rental property here on the side. And I know Holly has plenty of resources as I do around the country to help you find rentals in the right pocket of the country. It doesn't have to be in your backyard. Um, but buying rentals is a critical tax strategy. And if your accountant isn't talking about buying rentals, you've got the wrong accountant again. And they may go, oh, you're not going to get the write-offs, you think, blah, 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 blah. Just pay your taxes. Give me your, you know, just give me your numbers and plug it in. And that's not the right way to approach tax planning. So buying rentals is critical. Now, some of you may also... start doing some fix and flip and rehabs. Um, You might see that little house down the street. I know, Holly, I've been to some of her open houses and seen homes that she's refurbished, or not refurbished, but remodeled and then refurbished. And it's just amazing what she's done. And it's a lot of fun. And some of you may uh, enjoy uh, going through and taking a home uh, and fixing it up and selling it and making a profit. And it's very doable in today's market. And you'll learn those strategies by watching Holly and coming out to her club and things like that. But, but from a tax legal standpoint, to answer the question, can see again, the strategy is buy real estate. Then it's like, okay, what do I do with this S Corp LLC crap that I hear on the radio? Should I just go set up in Nevada? And the answer is absolutely not. There's a lot of scam artists out there and going to legal zoom and just click, 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 because you saw Robert Shapiro and, you know, a commercial is not the answer either. Get a consult with someone that understands tax and legal strategies in regards to real estate. Generally, you're going to use an S corporation for fix and flips and rehabs, your small business, your online business, your consulting, your services. Keep one S corp in your life. Do a salary dividend split. Save on self-employment tax. Then on the other side of the equation, as you're buying rental properties, you're going to use LLCs or limited liability companies. And I know for some of you in California, you're like, oh, it's $800 Ugh, and I can't do it. I'm just going to buy and well good luck buckle up in court because California is also one of the most litigious states in the country and I'm not saying set up a new LLC for every rental you can do um, you can bundle several rentals into one LLC and you may even be buying rentals outside of California so uh, be uh, be careful overdoing it but you've got to do something and so you'll use LLCs for rentals and usually you'll make your offer and then Uh, as you're getting closer to closing, get the LLC in place. You can always deed the property over the LLC after closing. Don't worry about the due on sale clause and bankers freaking out. It's never never an issue. Um, Anyway, that's a lot. That's a mouthful, but um, that's on the entity topic, just getting started. Watch out for the C Corp. Watch out for Nevada and get a consult with someone that knows what they're doing. At least that first go around.
0: Awesome, thank you. So, when you say watch out for the C corp and watch out for the Nevada entities, you mean avoid them, right? Do not do Um,
1: them. Yeah, rarely are you ever going to use a C corporation. If some of you have been sold a C corporation or feel like, oh, I'm going to get more write-offs with it, oh my gosh, I've got in every one of my books, I um, address this issue with facts. Um, usually the people selling C corporations are going to be long gone when it's time to do your tax return and then you're going to have regret and they're going to be gone and out the door. So you need to be very, get a second opinion if anybody's selling you on a C corp. And then number two, you set up entities where you do business. If I'm going to buy a rental in Idaho, I freaking set up an LLC in Idaho. If I'm going to do a business and live in California, then set up an entity in California. Don't try to play these games of setting up in a different state. In the long run, we always end up winding it down, saving money by dissolving it in this other state, registered agent fees and state fees and all that crap. And you're not going to get any better asset protection. And I put my money where my mouth is on that. If you want to, again, read the books, it'll be in your links below at the webinar, after the webinar, please check out um, the real, you know, dirt I put out there on the garbage out there.
0: Yeah. I listened to that book, Lawyers Are Liars, too. Don't remember if that one was in a dentist chair, but great information. Love the audio version for people on the go like me. Hey, one of my favorite tips that you taught at one of your seminars I went to was how to save taxes by paying your kids. Can you talk about that for people that have children? I think it's under the age of 18 and what kind of the parameters are for that, how that could work for them, how old they have to be and do the kids really have to work for the company or can you just fake it? So address that if you would. Well,
1: you bet. And that's a big question. It's a whole chapter in my book. Uh, it did make my top 10 in my little new ebook and (laughs) I'd write two or three pages on it. Um, Also, let me just say this too. This is not just for those of you that have kids under age 18. This could be kids in college or adult children you're still helping. Uh, It could be for parents, nieces, nephews, grandchildren. Here's the point. If you are helping your family financially, quit paying taxes and giving them money, put them on the payroll and let them pay their own taxes at their rate, which could be a much lower tax rate than yours. Is it legal? Yes. Yes. Do you need to get them involved in the business? For sure. But you know what? That's a blessing in disguise. There's too many families that just dish out money to to family members without accountability and teaching. Uh, resourcefulness and hard work, and a job well done. And I think there's a great opportunity to pass on a, a legacy of entrepreneurship with your kids. Get them involved in the freaking business. Every one of my four kids has a small business. They all have a small business idea. It's it's so uh, that they're developing. I just got a call from my daughter, literally 15 minutes before this, Holly. The same daughter that's going to college, uh, at BYU Hawaii, with your daughter. Yeah. Um, she's got a little <laughs> online clothing business. Ah. Uh. She called up and she's like, Dad, my USPS account is down. I just got an order online. I need to fill it. Can I borrow your USPS account? I'm like, all right, you owe me. i get you. I'll pay you back when I get into the office. So she has just, I could just take my webcam and show you that right next door she's uh, fulfilling orders with an online uh, clothing business, which is really exciting. So when you put your kids on payroll, you open the door to teaching them about owning a business and you teach them responsibility and give them duties. And I'll put kids on payroll when they're five or six years old. I'll have them doing janitorial, stuffing envelopes, shredding paper, doing recycling. And then your teenagers can be helping with social media and video and audio and uh, QuickBooks and bookkeeping and uh, computer services. And, And then as your kids get older, you can help them manage, they can help manage rental property. Why aren't you buying a rental property where your kids are going to college? Um, pay them for the services they provide. You get a tax write-off every time you visit them. Now to check on your rentals. Do you have rentals by grandma? Are you helping support grandma and grandpa? Why don't you get a rental property in their town and to give grandpa something to do? Um, I mean, the stories go on and on, and it's all about taking your business and and making it a family affair and saving taxes in the process. So. I mean, it's a lot for this webinar, but I'm glad, Holly, I know you're just trying to get tips and strategies out there. But again, if you're, your people are hearing from their CPA when it comes to uh, hiring children, then they, again, a bad advisor.
0: Well, I particularly love how much that opened my eyes because my CPA had, Yeah, my CPA had never told me about that. And so I was really excited that I could pay my teenagers And I think I paid them both about $5,000 each last year. So, I mean, that's just five grand that was a write off, and it's not taxable to them because it's under that threshold. So, I was thrilled with that. So, thanks for sharing that.
1: Well, and I, I know I'm hitting the touchy-feely part, so yeah, practically speaking, and let me just throw it out there, your kids should have their own bank accounts mm-hmm. for kids under age 18. You're going to pay them out of a sole proprietorship or an LLC. Don't pay them out of an S-Corp. You're going to transfer no more than $6,300 this year just because they don't have to file a tax return uh, if they have less than 6300 of earned income. So, you get a tax write off. They don't pay taxes. You don't have to withhold Sudafuda FICA or Workers' Comp. It's an outside labor expense for you. And if you have two or three kids under age 18, you can funnel 10, 15 grand of taxable income off your tax return and build IRAs for your kids, uh, build college savings accounts, take a tax write off, pay for their soccer lessons and school clothes. I don't care. But you're normally going to spend this money anyway, just you quit spending it. Put your kids on payroll and let them pay for their own expenses.
0: Love that. Thank you so much. Hey, I'm kind of switching gears out of the whole how to reduce your taxes by paying your kids, which I love that. Um, Can you briefly talk about your strategy and advice that I've heard you Um, given your seminars, which your seminars are great. I highly recommend you guys go catch his seminars that he does around the country, including Hawaii, if you want to write off a trip to Hawaii. (laughs) But talk about the acquire a one rental a year strategy that you kind of throw out there to, it applies to most people, in my opinion, I'm sure it does to you too. And um, what's the idea behind that? How helpful is that? Do you have anybody doing it? Do you have any people that are grateful they've done it and kind of what the benefits are of that.
1: Well, you bet. Um, well, as, uh, we mentioned earlier on, uh, where are you going to deploy your profits? Um, We just don't want to live month to month. And are you going to put money in an IRA or a 401k every month religiously? Maybe, maybe not. And so a rental property is a very tangible goal for a lot of people, which I really like. It's like Mm -hmm. a forced retirement account. When you make that goal to buy one rental a year, you're fixated on a goal. uh, And it can be exciting and a lot more engaging and fun than just trying to put 500 bucks or a thousand bucks in an IRA every month. Um, So it's, uh, first of all, I think it's, uh, It's exciting. Um, Number two, you're going to get four main benefits uh, that I like to talk about clients. One is they're going to get appreciation. So that's tax-free growth. You're also going to get mortgage reduction, meaning the mortgage is going to go down as your tenant pays the mortgage for you. Mm -hmm. You want to use leverage when you buy rentals. Don't go out and just try to buy rentals for cash. That's a bad use for your money. Use the bank's money. Lending can be anywhere between four and seven or eight percent at best and at worst or whatever. And you're going to Uh, be able to use the bank's money to get a better ROI or return on your cash down. Next, you're going to get tax benefits because as you write off travel and dining and entertainment, home office and the kids and laptops and computers and all the things that go with that rental, your rental will actually lose money on paper even though it's growing in value. It can even be cash flowing paying for the mortgage, and it should be cash flowing. But on paper, you'll be losing money. And that offsets other income, either in the short run or the long run. So that's exciting. And then the fourth benefit, again, is that cash flow. And as long as you buy rentals that cash flow, uh, that money is going to be tax free, because on paper, you're losing money, even though you're generating cash flow. Anyway, I talk about those as the four quadrants or benefits to rental real estate. Another chapter in my book. I shoot videos on this on my website. I have a whole little video university for tax legal strategies. They're two or three hundred bucks, very affordable. Go watch the video on this, and I get on a whiteboard and really explain it. But as an example, I mean, I can't, I can't even explain how many clients I have um, that every year they say, "Mark, we bought our rental, and we bought." I had a client recently that bought a little rental right next to their grandparents. Now, every time they go visit the grandparents, they're going to stop in and check on the tenant. They're going to get a tax write off with airfare and rental car and rental cash to go just check on the rental. It's going to lose money on paper. It offsets their other W2 income. They end up getting a bigger refund and they're buying a rental. That's building equity right next to their family. I mean, take that and just I have clients constantly doing that next to college and universities where their kids are going to school, doing it down the street, doing it in areas where they like to visit. So uh, it just, the examples go on and on. And uh, this is something again, CPA should be telling you to do as they look at your tax return and try to find ways to save taxes and build wealth at the same time.
0: Awesome. I love that. And the thing I love about rental properties is they're relatively easy to manage most of the time. I mean, some of them are more challenging, especially if you're in a lower class neighborhood where there could be vandalism and you know things like that. But overall, I think they're a great investment for many people. You can even hire a property manager to do the managing, but it's a great excuse. I love your teaching of, hey, go buy it where you're gonna go visit your relatives. Go buy it somewhere you like to visit. Then you can write off your travel expense. I mean, how great is that? I'm sure many people haven't even thought about that as an opportunity to take all these extra write-offs. So um, did you have any other tips that you wanted to hit on? I know I've been kind of driving the bus here, but. Oh, no,
1: no. Hey, I'm all here for you and your your group. Um, uh, You know, I'm going to mention this. Uh, It kind of goes along with the rental property. Um, We'll hit a couple other points here, but one is having that small business. There may be some of you that are listening to Holly just kind of dipping your toes in the pool. You know, do I really want to invest in real estate? I've got a day job. I feel the glass ceiling, you know, pushing me down constantly. Do I have ways to build wealth and save taxes? Well, folks, time and time again, and I've been doing this for 15 years now as an attorney and a CPA helping clients around the country. If you want to build wealth, you want to save taxes. You're not going to get that working for someone else. Um, Now, working for someone else can feed the machine. And I'm not saying again, become an entrepreneur, quit your job or your profession. I'm not saying that, but, but having a small business on the side to help open up this whole new world. Cause frankly, as I talk about, I mean, let's talk about dining, writing off dining when you're talking business with someone else, when you're uh, even traveling on your own, meeting with customers or vendors or looking at property and checking on rental property or uh we could talk about um, entertainment and uh, technology, writing off your Apple Watch and, and your iPads and your computers and laptops. Those are all tax deductions if you have a small business. If you don't have a small business, buck up. You're, you're you know, part of those 300 million other Americans that are just plugging in a W-2 and a 1040 and then just bending over. It's terrible. So yeah. just you've got to have that small business on the side and then this whole new world opens up it's just it's so exciting
0: yes I love that hey and um, another big surprise to me at one of your seminars was where you talked about how my small business could pay me personally for rent on a home office instead of doing the home office deduction could you talk a little bit about that for people that have a business with a home office
1: yes and I will you know, give you a little, you know, critique here. Be careful of using the word paying yourself rent.
0: Okay. Um, so the what's word, the right way to say oh, it?
1: <laughs> yes. Bad news. <laughs> what I would like you to do is use the word um, office reimbursement. Okay. Okay. That's a lot better because think about it, if you're paying yourself rent, now you have rental income oh. and I don't want rental income. I just want to get reimbursed for you using my home. Okay. Um, so anyway, so let's back up. What Holly's talking about, folks, of course, is the home office deduction. I'm a big fan of the home office deduction. It didn't make it into my top 10 in my new ebook, but it's in the top 20. And every small business owner should have it. Now, I know some of you are like, oh, my gosh, my CPA said home office is risky and I shouldn't take it. Guys, you got the wrong freaking CPA again. You should be thinking about home office. Just don't be aggressive. The people that take way too much and are greedy are the ones that get the nasty letters from the IRS. So anyway, what Holly's talking about is if you have an S corporation, a corporation can't have a home. It's a corporation. So it's going to reimburse Holly, the employee, for the use of the home for an office for the corporation. So it's just as if Holly was working for Microsoft, and they're sending her a tax-free reimbursement for the use of her home because she happens to work from home. So that's the concept with the S corp. But for some of you that have LLCs and rental property or a small business that's just a Schedule C, um, you're going to use the home office line item, which is simplified. There was a new law that came down two years ago that just simplified it made it even easier. Um, So just take the low-hanging fruit and grab it. Um, But very common write-offs. So don't be afraid of home office. I'm glad you brought that up.
0: Yeah, I hear lots of people say exactly what you said. My CPA said, I can't do that. It's going to raise a red flag and I'm going to get audited. I think there's a lot of unfounded fear you know, in people's hearts. They're afraid to take write-offs and they're afraid of getting audited. But you know, if you have a qualified professional like Mark Kohler or his firm, you don't need to live in fear. They have the confidence, they have the experience, and they're going to back up their advice to you and they're going to be there if you do need some help. Hey, another thing that um, I would like to um, touch on was um, meals and entertainment. That was kind of interesting to me, too, one of your seminars when you talked about sometimes you can take 100% write-off in that, but I think a lot of people haven't heard that. Can you talk about that briefly?
1: Yeah, and Holly, in fact, I was at a work... Um In a training, not a workshop uh, physically, but in a training last week, I learned a new tip on this myself. I'm constantly, I see I'm required to go out and get 40 hours of education a year. And so I'm always looking for new little tips and strategies myself to share with you. Um, So anyway, um, when it comes to dining, most people realize or most people believe it's limited by 50%. So if I go out and have lunch with someone, or I'm even traveling by myself and run through 7-Eleven or a drive-through somewhere, then I can take a write-off for that, but it's always going to be cut in half, 50%. However, there are three or four, three or four instances where you can write off 100 percent of the meals. Or dining. Um, the first is when you're holding an event or a workshop. So, you no, know, Holly, when you hold a little uh, club meeting once a month, it's a great club, folks. If you haven't been out to Holly's club meeting, get out to it. But when you do the club meeting, if you buy treats or muffins or water or whatever, that's a hundred percent write-off because it's a it's a food provided at a workshop. Now, some of you that have a home-based business where you're doing Miriam, uh, or Avon, or Cutco knives, or and think of the Amway's of the world. You know, you're doing a little MLM business at home, which is fine. It's great. It's a great little side business. Um, you may hold little get-togethers at your home and do presentations. And so, when you do those presentations, you may bring food in from Costco or pick up food somewhere, and that's a hundred percent write-off because you're holding a workshop or event in your home to talk about your business. And I recommend you keep a good little schedule on your calendar of who attended, who maybe bought product, because if you ever get audited, you can say, hey, look, at these were real attendees, and here's who attended, and here's my uh, role of who was there. Um, now, keep in mind, if, for those doing QuickBooks or bookkeeping, keep a line that says dining, and then keep a line that says event food, or workshop food. Hmm. Another area that's 100% is for those of you listening where you have employees. So if you have employees or an office, uh, you can put food in the fridge, bring in donuts on Friday, bagels on Thursday, whatever it is, um, that's 100% write-off. So the coffee maker, the Keurig, whatever you're doing in the office to kind of just make it more convenient for your employees to have a snack uh, during the week. Or water or soda or rock stars in the fridge those are 100% right off so I'll hit smart and final go get a few cases of drinks bring them over into the fridge 100% right off mm. now the last item that's 100 is this okay I'm not boring you am I awesome
0: love it okay. <laughs> gonna give there, those employees those rock star drinks so they'll perform better right. right they're a lot more
1: productive you know I've got I've got my rock star right here so you know one, one to two a day keeps the doctor away the good stuff <laughs> Um, the fourth item is employee training meetings or employee lunch. So here's the trick. If you pick up, if you grab all the employees and go, Hey, let's go out to Red Lobster for lunch. It's limited by 50% because you went out of the office and you had a business meeting at a restaurant. But if you bring in food to the office and combine it with staff meeting or a training, it's a hundred percent write off. So my staff have gotten very much used to the fact that we bring in food for a lunch meeting rather than we go out. And then it goes on that line item of office food. So you may have event food, office food, 100%. I'll give one last tip here too, is that whenever you bring in food for your employees that are working overtime,
0: Mm -hmm. so
1: it doesn't, you don't even have to have a training meeting. It doesn't even have to be food in the fridge. You literally, hey, who's working late tonight? I'm buying you lunch. I'm buying you dinner. And you just have it brought in. 100% 100% write-off because, again, it's keeping employees in the workplace. We use that a lot during tax season because a lot of our employees during tax season will work 8 to 12, 14 hours, days, and so we're buying them dinner, which is 100% write-off. So, I mean, see, these little tips, that's it. It's not painful. You know, you just want to know that. And you're going to go to your accountant. Why didn't you bring this up before? Oh, well, I didn't know you wanted to hear it. Blah, 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 blah. And so you're like, you got the wrong freaking advisor. You're the captain of your ship. And I want to commend all of you listening to Holly and these little webinars on topics like this to help you improve as a business owner.
0: Well, thank you, Mark. You have given some fantastic tips on many subjects that a lot of our listeners have never heard. So it'll be really enlightening <laughs> for them. And we'll have your contact info in the show notes, of course, but go ahead and tell them how they can find more about you and perhaps your radio show.
1: Um, You bet. So we have a weekly live radio show. It's every Wednesday, 11 Pacific, 12 Mountain, 1 Central, 2 Eastern. Uh, Just think of that. Just whatever. You just say 12 Mountain and do the math. But we have a live radio show. And so when you go to my website, there's a radio show link right up there at the top. Click on it and you'll get the link to the show of each week. And it's. uh, we do call. In, last week was the call-in show, so you can call in with questions or email questions in. It also podcast to iTunes. The email, or sorry, the website is Refresh Your Wealth. Refresh Your Wealth, and you can go to iTunes and just type in Refresh Your Wealth in the podcast app, and uh, it'll come right up. And subscribe, please. And then the best is just to get a hold of me. Sign up for the newsletter; it's free. Uh, get my free ebook. Uh, and just start studying and start getting the, the, the good news, um, you can go to my website, markjkohler.com, M-A-R-K, J as in jolly, Kohler, K-O-H-L-E-R.com. I've got online video series, QuickBooks training, my three books in a combo deal that's uh, cheaper than Amazon where you can get the audio books as well. So uh, just check out the website, and I promise you, and it's all a tax write-off. And I promise you, it'll save you 20 times, 50 times, whatever you pay for it.
0: I agree. I am a user of the books and of the training and a listener of the show. I've learned great tips that I then come to you and go, okay, how do we implement this? I love it. So thank you for your time today, Mark. You've been fantastic and you've given great value. Thank you. Thank thank you.
1: you. Thanks for having me. If you found value in today's episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show. You can find our show notes at our website, houseflipmasters.com on the podcast page. Also, to get our top tips for finding deals without spending lots of money, go to houseflipmasters.com for your free download today.